Welcome to Wash Day Talks, where we speak about life through a genuine lens. Think of me as a friend, a sister, someone who's got a lot to say and a lot to give. So make sure you tune in every Thursday. I'd advise that you start taking notes. Hey yo, and welcome to another episode of Wash Day Talks. This episode is going to be very chill. Normally whenever I film, I'm on a couch. One time I was on a bed. No, oops, wait. Normally whenever I film, I'm on a table and chair. One time I was on a bed. Um, Actually, twice. One time the bed wasn't my own. Ah, that sounds so bad. I'm um, sorry. The episode I did with Jay Banks was really cozy, chill, just chilling in her room and... The episode I did where I spoke about my comeback, obviously a few snippets, many snippets were taken from me, you know, at my low moments in my bed and also at my high moments in my bed, you know, I'd be in my bed a lot. <laughs> hey, that's not good, but I do be there. But this one, I'm actually on a couch and it's chill. I like this vibe. Guys, you have to think big. When you want to go big, you think big. And anyone who knows me in real life and digitally, because, you know, I'm a digital superstar. Amen. Anyone who knows me digitally as well knows that I chat a lot. I talk big. You won't hear me saying I'm a failure, at least not to other people. But I talk big because I know that, listen, I have a choice. I can be a regular person, a subpar person. That's very subjective. By subpar, I mean, are you going to carry on with your bad habits? Attention seeking, putting, projecting onto other people, you know, just doing up all your emotional melodrama. Or are you going to be a good person, a great person, an extraordinary person? And probably for the past two or three years, probably two years, I've decided I'm not going to be a regular person. I'm going to be above average. I'm going to be amazing. I'm going to transform the world. So a big thing for me in terms of, I spoke about in my podcast episode on ambition, I say I'm not going to be broke. I tell you guys I'm going to be a trillionaire. This podcast is going to be international. It already is international. More than 10 countries tune in. Okay. Um, this podcast is going to touch the world. So I'm envisioning what my studio will be like. And I want my studio to be very comfy because the blinds are drawn, the lights are off. I'm sat on a chair with loads of cushions. And it even makes me recording this episode now, it makes me a lot more comfortable it makes it easier for me to talk about things because I'm just so relaxed. I've just come back from a place of education. I like to call it institution of education, place of residence, all of that. And I'm just chilling on a couch with a cup of warm water in my hand, still recording on a subpar means of recording. I said that, guys, I lied to you. I'm sorry. It wasn't intentional. I didn't fulfill a promise. I told you I'd have my normal recording facilities next week. I said that like three weeks ago and I'm still recording on a subpar form of recording, like the quality. But I'm not telling you what I'm recording on because I don't want to shape your viewpoints. You may think the sound quality is fine. If you think it's fine, that's chill. I know I can do better. It's just laziness. It's more convenient this way. But when I have my studio, yeah... We'll already have the equipment set up there. I won't have to be bringing it, putting it away, bringing it, putting it away. It'll be like 90s baby show studio or even better. Just cosy. You invite your guests. I'll be like, sis, bro, you're my guest. Sit on that chair. Let's chat. Give them a cup of tea, cup of water, whatever they want. Beverage. No cold drinks or like ruin the throat. Unless it's summer. You know, (laughs) just have it very chill. So it's very nice that I'm here sat on the couch 
so relaxed and I'm like, yes, my studio is going to be like this. In my episode with Tamzid on diversity, publicity and inclusivity, he said next time he's going to come on my podcast, we're going to be in the studio. That is going to come into existence. Studio soon come. You talk big to live big. Say it before you see it. That's on period. Okay. Anyway, today, how are you guys? Guys, you know what? This is something I've been realising in my character. I'm very spontaneous. So people who talk to me when you catch me in one of my moods. Before I used to just have highs like this. And then other days I'd be more reserved. But recently I'm very chat, 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 chat. Jumpy, jumpy, jumpy. Running after people, chasing after people. It's like I'm getting my childlike spirit again. Just perpetually in that childlike fun stage. Um, That is good, I guess. You know, you make people feel comfortable and stuff. But also... Sometimes people tend to undermine your intelligence or what you have to offer because they dub you as happy-go-lucky or immature. But actually, one, people go through a lot of things. Just because someone is smiling doesn't mean their life is perfect. That is something I'm learning day in, day out through my own life and also through the lives of other people that you actually don't know the extent to which people are suffering. Don't go out here thinking, oh, they're perfect, they're great, you know, I don't need to check in on them, they're good. Listen, everybody deserves your checking in, okay? Because sometimes it's that message, hey, how are you? Just wanting to see if you're okay. Sometimes that message is what carries people into the next season. Always see how can I be the reason why somebody's smiling, why someone feels a bit better. Look at how you can serve others in your day. It will help you. You're angry? Look at how you can relieve someone else's anger. What's that giving? There are principles in this world, and one of them is that those who give get more, period. Those who give receive more, even in terms of relationships. What is your love language? Giving isn't always material. Are you giving your time? Even if you have children, if you have siblings, that's a big thing for me. Giving time. You may think, oh, because you're a kid, like, you don't, you won't notice if I'm on my phone while you're talking to me, like, all that matters is I'm here with you. No, like, show your kid, show your sibling, show your friend, your husband, your wife, your partner, that I'm here, I'm present. As you're talking to me, I'm listening. The act of listening is one of the greatest things you can do for people, especially people who are going through things. A mistake I made is, oh, I know what you're going through. Oh, shut up, please. Deborah, shut up. Somebody's pouring out their heart to you about all of the things like, I know what you're going... No, you don't, because you're not them. Just keep your mouth... Another thing that I learned from someone is, do you want comfort or advice? If you ask that question in the wrong time, or come across very, like, not nice, but if you're on that relationship with the person, say, okay, hi, I'm here for you. Do you want comfort or do you want advice? Sometimes people just want to talk. Me, I got into an altercation, several, several altercations, where I expect people to talk and listen to my sorrows and offer no input. And then when they do offer input, I, I try to check them like, oh, know your place. And it backfires because they're like, so I'm emotional relief centre. I use that phrase so much. I have been emotional relief centre for people. I have made other people without their consent my emotional relief centre. Man, please. <laughs> More of the story is learn how to listen and... Also learn how to give advice when it's wanted. And sometimes even when advice isn't wanted, you still have to give it because you can see that the way that person is going, they're a bit deluded. I've had my deluded days (laughs) where 
the thing is obviously black, but I'm seeing yellow. Not even white, I'm seeing yellow and green. So, you know, not everybody acts in the most rational way, but what we can do is to be there for people. Even as you see they're walking down the wrong road and they've refused to go back onto the right path and they've made it very clear that they want their space, sometimes you have to allow people to make mistakes. You know, you preach to this person to the point where it's putting a strain on your relationship with them. Let them dance down the path to wherever they're going. Maybe they'll find a way out in the end. Maybe they'll get hurt. But people are allowed to make mistakes and learn from them. And sometimes when we're in positions of more influence or more knowledge or wisdom, we expect everybody to listen to us. You don't know what this is like. I've been through this. I've gone through this. I'm trying to warn you. You're warning me. It's okay. I don't want to listen to you. Abby, let me make the mistake and be there to patch me up when I'm crying. If you don't want to patch me up when I'm crying, fairs, you've warned me. Mind your business. Pack your bags. Dash. But if you genuinely care about me, sometimes allow me as a developing woman to make that mistake. You know, that's the thing about children. I think in my most recent podcast episode, we spoke about that, that sometimes as a parent, you just have to allow your child to... I'm not a parent. I'm speaking like I have children, but I don't. <laughs> um, but as a parent, you have to allow your child to make certain mistakes. Experience is the greatest teacher. You can argue what you want, but that's why you do work experience. That's why you don't want a doctor who's never had any practical experience operating on you. Because theory, in only in some elements, can override practical application. Some of us have to learn. I know in a podcast episode, maybe three podcast episodes ago, I said, why don't we learn from the mistakes of our parents? You know, why do we have a generation of people all getting burnt by the same fire? Learn from the people who came before you. But sometimes, in order for a teaching to really stay with you, you have to make that mistake yourself. Obviously, it'd be great if no one made mistakes, but I'm talking realistically. I try to learn from the mistakes of others, but I still do find myself walking down the same paths that I know lead to a specific outcome. But for one reason or the other, I don't want to acknowledge it. Maybe when I get burnt by that thing, I will then internalise that teaching that, okay, you don't go and play with fire, okay? But how do I even get onto this? I don't know. But I was speaking about how my character, I'm very spontaneous. I tend to switch topic a lot, notice things spontaneously. Oh, your hair looks nice. Oh my gosh, I really like the colour of that wall. People tend to ask me, like, are you okay? Are you on any substance? What's going on? <laughs> but, you know, um, just the act of noticing things is quite remarkable in itself. You sit in the same room every day to go to bed and then one night you notice that there's, like, a red dot on your wall. Little things like that to notice. When you notice something, it's like you bring it to life again. You reaffirm its presence. And let's link that to people in our lives, you know. You all, you're so used to the love that you get from these people. You're so used to the support that you forget to notice it. It's, that's me with people sometimes. And I'm trying to be different about that. But you've been an amazing person in my life. But I'm so used to you now that I'm no longer appreciative. That's a dangerous game to play. You only appreciate something when you don't have it. You only know you love her when you let her go. Hey. And you let her go. Staring at the bottom of the glass. Hey, open one day you make it. Anyway, yeah, no. What year was that? Was that 2012? Man, 2012 to 2015 bangers. 
were so good. But like people notice them when you notice them you reaffirm their existence and their importance in your life and trying to notice people again it's not easy because i'm somebody who <laughs> oh my gosh what was that guys it was a hiccup it was a hiccup in the middle of a laugh that sound is so dangerous um no like you just have to notice people basically yeah it's important because when that person moves out of your life and this segues very nicely into the topic that this podcast episode was supposed to be based on. <laughs> but I just kind of started rambling. All of the stuff I said have merit to it. You know, just sharing the week's worth of knowledge I've accumulated. Or shall I say wisdom. The application of knowledge. Just information that may do you well. It's nice to have these little snippets of truth that will probably help you as you embark through your week. But I need to go and cook soon, so I need to get onto the topic. Yes, what was I talking about? I honestly can't remember anymore. But essentially, what I wanted to talk about was the importance of letting go. That is, yes, I was talking about valuing people. Yeah, so when these people leave your life, when whatever relationship you had is dissolved or disintegrated or been severed, blocked we've all been there (laughs) um you start to realize how important they were and that's too late because if you go to them and say oh my gosh I didn't know what I had or if I talk about the idea that just popped into my head that idea I'm angry I was going to talk about all these men (laughs) that be like oh I didn't know what I had I didn't know what I had after cheating (laughs) no not today because the anger that will come out of my voice in that <laughs> how the what kind of rubbish culture do we have in in the media these days of men feeling like it's okay to be a part of like six families baby mama one baby mama two baby mama three but it just actually angers me if that's if you and the girl yeah are calm with that that okay the girl knew when she was getting into this that i'm a baby mama i don't want anything serious with you chill what angers me is you tell this girl that oh you're my ride or die you're my girl you have a kid with her, you move on, you do the same to another girl and you have a kid, oh, no, 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 we're not getting into this today. So I've been watching reality TV shows and I was just shocked at the amount of, the fact that, how is one guy having five kids outside of his marriage? And I was like, that's bad enough. Then we have another guy who has kids outside of his engagement with another, and then we have another guy who's got like, bare baby mamas, and I'm like, why is it a cultural norm for you a specific type of man, I don't want to say now because I look like I'm stereotyping and attacking my people, but why? How we? But at the end of the day, when you look at the way, I can only speak for Nigerian culture because I'm a Nigerian babe. I'm not going to go and speak for other African cultures. But the way some, a lot of Nigerian mothers are raising their sons, I see why these men are going into the world thinking it's okay to treat women in a certain way. That, okay in your household how you're raised your mum your mum will cook for you she'll clean for you um you can talk back to your mum anyhow your mum was like basically just I don't want to use a rude word but your mum was just basically doing everything for your dad she'll never talk to your dad anyhow she'll like wash your dad's feet blah 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 she never has a voice in the house and then your mum will raise you enable you see the way you treat other women and she won't comment on it your mum will let you get away with anything but chastise her girl children to the point where now you grow up thinking you're entitled to women laying down their whole life for you 
and you think you can never be called out on your bad actions because you are a man, the head of the home. It's just a very disgusting behaviour, <laughs> in my opinion. Very nasty-ass behaviour from certain men who think they can just disrespect women anyhow and not care about women's feelings. It's like, okay, you know, I do love you. I do like you because you're the perfect housewife, model wife, but I place my pleasure over my family. I place my pleasure over my loyalty because I've been raised in an, in an environment where my needs come first because of my gender. So therefore, regardless of how I make you or my children feel, I am a man and I will enjoy the entitlements I get as a man within the culture I've been brought up in. This is, I always tell myself, you cannot get involved with any useless man. And I will hand, keep that to my, for life because just it, it hurts me to see the way certain women are being treated. Both firsthand, people I've seen, people I see on TV just not seeing all the baby mamas and how they'd been hurt by their man, their husband's infidelity or their partner's infidelity. It was very, it angered me a lot because the fact that I just, that realisation came to me that this is a norm. Even growing up, the way guys would just cheat, treat cheating as nothing and girls who would stay with guys who would repetitively cheated on them. Why? I don't know. I'm not talking. I said I wasn't going to talk about it. We're 17 minutes in and I haven't even addressed the title properly. But I was talking about when that person leaves your life, that person who you've failed or refused to notice, because sometimes we don't want to notice how good people are to us because it makes us acknowledge that we need to do more. I don't want to notice that this woman in my life is amazing because then I'll start to feel guilty that I don't appreciate her. So when we fail to notice and refuse to notice people and then they leave our lives that's when we think we should have appreciated them. That's when we want to come to them and be like, I didn't know what I had. I didn't know what I lost. Well, you knew very well, or you had the capacity to know because you're enjoying. <laughs> the enjoyment is so good that you get used to it. it like, you know, so those times where, let's say you have someone who gives you very honest advice and you just see them as a hater until you move into a friendship group where nobody's truthful And then you start to realise the importance of having that person in your life. Just always ground yourself, always reflect, always think, where was I before you came into my life? Where am I after? I, unfortunately, have treated very, (laughs) very... Why am I doing a lot of (laughs) laughing? That's interesting. But I have actually treated people who have been life-changing to me in very bad ways, okay? But I've noticed it's a pattern in my personality that when people start getting too close or too blah, 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 for some reason, I have to start nitpicking, nitpicking, nitpicking that, mm, yeah, I'm going to cut you off now. Or, mm, yeah, I'm going to stop speaking to you. I think it stems from a dislike of vulnerability. And if I'm too vulnerable around you, the immediate response is to pull away. And then if I resist that response, it just manifests into, oh, we're just not compatible or, oh, they don't like me. I think I need to spend time by myself. You know, it's not good, but appreciate anyway which we're all trying to work on. But what I want to talk about today is the art of letting go, the importance of letting go, just briefly. Um, it was supposed to be the centre of this episode, but we got carried away with baby mothers and what else was I talking about? I can't remember. <laughs> but yeah, the art of letting go, you have to let go. Two aspects of people, and this links to me talking about my struggle with relationships and people, is... I guess sometimes it is me wanting to pull away, but other times it's me acknowledging the times and the seasons. And there's a season for letting go. 
best to go through that season in a mature way than in a childish way. But we'll get into that. So there's letting go of people and letting go of control. Do you like to control everything around you? I did not know I did, but now I'm realising I like things within my control. Not to the extent where I'm a control freak, just I'd rather be by myself because I can control myself, Sha. If I'm working in a team, I can't control your actions. I'm not going to try and control your actions because that's not my business. So I prefer to work by myself because I know I can control myself. That is good, you could say, because it's better than me trying to control you. But it turns out that sometimes when you're going in a way that I don't like, and because I can't be asked to control, I don't want to control you or even attempt to. It's not my business to control you. I'd rather be by myself in this situation. Because I can determine how I will react in this situation. I can determine my own perception of the situation. I can't determine how you feel and interact with the situation. Therefore, I don't want to work with you. I don't want to hang out with you. And that became an issue feeling the need to always have a full understanding. Keats talks about this, negative capability, the ability to be comfortable with uncertainties, doubts and mysteries without that irritable reaching after fact and reason. Are you uncomfortable with the idea of not knowing anything? That's an issue. Why do you always have to understand everything? Why are you irritated when you can't explain things? And you see it a lot in literature, that need during probably the renaissance or even during science the rise of science within you know the 1800s and stuff that need to always dissect and explain things reduce it to scientific terms we learn about it in psychology like that biological reductionism that started to take over after the behaviorists kind of brought in their own paradigm in psychology like that need to understand everything in its smallest basic components that it's no longer a beautiful like rainbows, for example, they used to be symbols of goddesses and Greek gods and, you know, just beauty, basically. Things above our own understanding. But now, rainbows are just the reflection of light, blah, blah, blah. Science reduced that allure for us. Are you comfortable with the uncertainty that comes with trusting this other person? Are you comfortable with the mystery that arises from embarking into this relationship with another person? How are you going to date somebody and want to know everything about them and want to know how how they can um, fit perfectly with your own character? You want to date somebody who you can control. Is that That's not normal. Like, And when sometimes, and I don't want to say woman, because I've I realised the way I talk sometimes is edging very alpha male energy I'm, I'm not even an alpha male I'm not even a male <laughs> I was gonna be like females I'm joking I'm just joking but sometimes and I tend to see it with the whole strong black woman archetype because some of us have been put under such pressure whether in childhood even in adulthood to manage so much within the home it's become natural for you to assume control it's like, oh, when I was a child, you know, my mum wasn't really there. My father wasn't really there. I was looking after my siblings. So naturally, I just had to learn how to be in control, blah, blah, blah. Now when you're put in a situation where someone wants to look after you, a friend wants to look after you or treat you, your man wants to look after you or treat you, your girl wants to look after you or treat you, you can't actually detach from that element of control. Sorry, my nose is really, like, blocked. <laughs> it went really, like, snorty for a minute, like... <laughs> but you can't actually detach from that... Yeah, I've actually got a blocked nose, guys. You can't detach from that need for control anymore because you're so used to being in control. 
And that ruins your relationships. It ruins your outlook on life because there are times where when I'm not in control, I start getting anxious. I can't control my weight anymore. I can't control the way I think. I can't control how I feel. And rather than the issue arising from the predicament I'm in, it's arising from the fact that I can't determine what predicament I'm in. Because when you've been cultivating a mindset that everything I experience is a result of my own actions, when you start to experience negative things and not a result of your actions, you get scared because now you're no longer in control of what's happening. And that's how the thinking that if I can't control this, I can't control that, and I can't control that, and I'm a failure. Basically, learn to let go of control. Me, I believe that my life is orchestrated. I'm walking down a path. That's what's helped me. Um, but also, understand that life will throw you things, not everything you can react to. A big thing. Who was it? Was it Seneca or Marcus Aurelius that said it? But, you know, you can't control how other people, what comes your way, but you can control how you react. I can't control what other people think of me, but I can control what I think of myself. Basically, that type of stuff is really good. You can control how you perceive the situation, how you perceive yourself. But in regards to letting go of people, which I think is more important, don't try and hold on to something that is dead. Okay, should we repeat that? Don't hold on to something that is dead. Because, listen, it's like, what is that thing? You know when people get amputations, yeah? Because legit, maybe due to high blood sugar or whatever, their foot is like rotting like their foot is like going black and stuff like that the thing is dead cut it off before the infection spreads yeah a better analogy is an infection you've got an infection in your right hand and they say we need to amputate it before it spreads why are you holding on to something that is dead your right hand has no utility because the, the virus or infection has corrupted it to the point where you can't use it it's now a threat to the health of your the greater parts of your body and it's also causing you pain. You have something that has no utility, is a threat to the well-being of other parts of your life, and is causing you pain, yet you persist to hold on to it. Why? Because you love the memory of having it. You love the fact that you have a hand. You love the fact that you have a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a friend, a relative. Even though they're taking more away from you than they are giving, stop holding on to the memory of what you once had. This thing is dead. Let it go. That's number one, let go of people like that. Number two, times and seasons. I believe in seasons. I believe everything happens for a reason. <laughs> I've just been singing today. It's because I'm on the couch. I'm getting really like shouty and like, you know, preachy. But, you know, <laughs> it's just it's just my vibe today, guys. I operate on vibes on this podcast a lot, which should be changed, but... My new marketing structures, I want you to feel like you're talking to a friend. I don't want it to be like I'm educating you. Obviously, to an extent, I am. This podcast is categorised in self-help. But I'm also helping my own self as I speak to you because I need a lot of help. I will listen to this podcast episode and be like, okay, this so-and-so that you have in your life just dropped in the bin (laughs) because they're taking more away. But yeah, also, times and seasons. Certain people are in your life for certain seasons and for certain reasons. I spoke about it on a reel on Instagram. Understand the purposes for why people are in your life and let them go after. Certain people in my life, I thought they were only in there for maybe the year. I'm now looking, mm, you might have to be in my life. There are certain people who I used to be like, now nah, I'm going to keep on to you for life. But as time progresses, I'm realising we're not compatible. Maybe when I'm 30, we may rekindle whatever relationship we had. And boom, we're close friends again. Boom, we're like family again. But I'm starting to understand that 
certain people, maybe they are actively pushing me, maybe I'm actively pushing them, but as time goes on, you are seeing that the points at which the seasons you both are in don't compete, aren't compatible. This person is in a season of enjoyment. You're in a season of hard work. It's not compatible. Not to say the person is bad. The person is just in a different place in their life. It's like Uncle Jack, who doesn't exist. Uncle Jack is retiring. Auntie Jill is going back to uni. Uncle Jack wants to throw a beach party. Auntie Jill's got assignments due tomorrow. Are they going to be socialising a lot? No. Because they don't socialise a lot, they're growing apart. Whenever Auntie Jill is with Uncle Jack, Uncle Jack's always like, nah, you need to let loose, you need to party more, you need to chill. But And that's a bad influence on Auntie Jill. Auntie Jill's feeling pressured and uncomfortable. She resolves that, okay, me and Uncle Jack need a bit of space from each other. Not to say they're bad people. Not to say their characters don't align with each other. It's just the times in life that they're in. And that's what I'm realising. I'm in a specific, yeah, time in my life. I'm sensing it. I'm feeling it. It's been rough. It's been chill. It's been smooth. It's been great. Different ups and downs. But I'm understanding that a specific season I was placed in is slowly drawing to a close. And I'm entering a new season of my life. Some people that were in this season of my life now, I'm, I'm just questioning, like, what's happening? I don't, I don't feel. I don't feel. I don't feel. It's like, no, you're not understanding. The areas you're both going they're not opposite but you know they're not it's like schedule clashes are you free today no I'm not free are you free it's schedule clash and I'm I really want to believe that maybe give me a few years two years even a year I want to believe that we'll be able to rekindle what we once had but I'm starting to realize that we're both the sense of drifting is just a sign to let this person go you don't want to be the reason why someone's held back you feel like you're going into a different season. This person too is going into a different season. You don't want to be the reason they're held back. And sometimes with the letting go, you don't need to go to the person physically and tell them, oh, I feel like we're drifting apart. I don't know what's happening. You know very well what's happening. You know that both of you are embarking into different areas of your life and you cannot sustain the friendship you have, maybe because it's too high commitment or maybe because both of you are dragging each other down or maybe, maybe... Because for some reason, there's no spark. Maybe there's no reason. (laughs) Maybe you just feel like, okay, something's off. And I don't know. Obviously, this is where jealousy can come in. Or, you know, they're prioritising their job over me. They're blah, 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 blah. Or this is where fear can come in. Like, am I a bad person? But just understand, it's natural for people to actually grow apart. But basically, what I'm saying is, letting go is an art it's something you have to learn how to do. In life, you always have to let people go. You always have to let control go. Rather than holding on to what is dead, let it go. If you feel the situation requires you talk about it because you're breaking up this relationship because of, a, I was going to say a crime or an offence or something, talk about it. But if you genuinely feel like it's a mutual understanding, both of you are drifting apart, you don't always have to address it. Little cues, like the person doesn't reply to you as much or the person doesn't I don't want to say doesn't value you as much but they don't place you in the same friendship bracket they used to maybe not because of anything you've done wrong just because as we grow older we have wider understandings of where life is taking us where we are going and who we want to carry with us there are certain people I didn't want to carry with there are certain people who have made it very clear they don't want me carried into the next season of their life whether for an offense I've done or for personal turmoil they're going through or personal turmoil I'm going through, the season 
the situation has required that we let each other go. And it can be lonely, especially when the person you're letting go forms such a large part of your life. But I always like to think things happen for reasons. And also the subconscious mind is very intelligent. Sometimes that detachment you're feeling from someone is necessary. There are certain people, once I they let me go, actually, not even I let them go. Certain people, after they let me go, the growth I experienced in terms of independence was mad. Because I was too reliant. There was a specific person in my life I just had to stop making them my emotional relief centre. And that has helped me grow. It did hurt. There were times I felt alone, like I had no one to talk to. But I learned not to view people. Like that idea of viewing people as your gods. People aren't your gods. God for you is anything you place at the top, yeah? We all have a god. Even if you say, I don't believe in so-and-so is instagram your god like what do you place at the uttermost part of your heart right and there was a point in time where people the comfort you can find in people is being placed at the uttermost part of my heart so much to the point where my own opinion my own take on the situation didn't matter it was a specific group of people's point of view do you have a sense of self outside the people you rely on sometimes being dropped by people or let go is a form of growth for yourself. Anyways, in conclusion, speaking like it's an essay, let, learn how to let go. <laughs> Don't cry. I spoke about it on my YouTube, just me feeling like it's like a train and a platform and I'm waving goodbye to people who are getting on the train to the next era of their life and I'm on the platform waving goodbye and it hurts, but don't let your selfishness or desire for that person's company prevent you from doing what you need to do do I have to let you go if you love someone let them go do I love you to the point where I know that our reliance on each other is an impediment let us let each other go there's somebody who I really I'm sure this person if they listen to my podcast they're probably like yeah she's talking about me you know I'm talking about you you'll forever be my sister why am I addressing somebody on a podcast platform anyway does that I don't like what I'm doing <laughs> the fact that I'm it's not indirecting anyway this woman I don't think she'll mind me talking about anyway it's my life experience chat this person we known each other for years yeah and we've just drifted apart and I completely respect it but I know with this person I feel it so strongly that we will reconnect in probably like 10 years I know for a fact I've known this person for years family like everything drifted apart the art of letting go I believe we'll be better people for it. I know specifically for this person, I was too reliant on them. But I know for a fact, and I know she knows as well, in 10 years, we get our stuff together, we're going to bump into each other and be like, how are you? No, like, and I can, I can sense it. There's no baggage, there's no um anger, at least from my part. It's just like we understood both of us, different stages in our lives, need a break from the things holding us back or burdening us. Let's take a break, even if it's 10 years that re-friendship is still rekindled. Because I know there's certain people you have in your life that you're just like, the grace of this relationship, nah, man, it's too good to die. It's too good to drift apart. <laughs> but obviously, if the person doesn't want to speak to you, respect that. But I know for a fact that this person has not been that good forever. And that's the thing, letting go doesn't always mean cut you off completely. I maybe let you out of certain areas of my life. You are no longer 
in intimate spaces in my life the amount of people I've kicked out of intimate spaces in my life it hurts it hurts me as well because there are times I want to go to a person and apologize I say listen I can't believe that I just did x y x y x y to you disregarded our whole relationship like that but for me <laughs> this is what I like to tell people listen me understand well before you want to get close <laughs> but certain times you realize this it's not healthy to have you in this area of my heart not because of what you've done but because of myself you know I don't want to place you above myself I don't want to feel you know anxious in regards to how we interact and stuff it's making me uncomfortable now there was one time I spoke about I was like the way I feel about certain things about myself now since I've been around you is not a thing that I like so it's either I choose my confidence, my sanity, or our relationship. Even though our relationship is really good, the area I'm in in my life now, I need to work on myself before I start all of that. Why am I speaking so cryptically? Just like friendships and stuff. Like when you realise you're getting too close and reliant on the person that it's now making you quite critical of yourself and quite, you know, just extra burdens you don't need. But letting go of someone doesn't mean letting go of them for life. And I'm a strong believer that in my adult further adult life probably maybe even 10 years I feel like a lot of the people who I've let go now both mutual let goes on the understanding that we're in different seasons of our life I know for a fact we will rekindle both when we're in steady places there are certain peak periods in life maybe from 15 to 26 where <laughs> there's a lot going on characters still marinating or fully develop at 28 maybe 35 so I'm just waiting (laughs) but yeah you need to grow you need space to grow and to do that you have to let go of things that no longer serve you not that people are supposed to serve you but like I said with the hand analogy you're causing more pain than any goodness you've ever brought but yeah we're gonna wrap it up here very lovely episode I believe have you noticed my episodes have gotten increasingly longer I think that is a good thing more fleshed out discussion and debate apologies for my blocked nose I tend to have a perpetually blocked nose my older brother tends to have the same thing it might be genetic family thing but I do get a stuffy nose after speaking for too long and I perpetually have a blocked nose so if my voice sounds very annoying and condescending you know the basic American nerd archetype archetype I apologize but this is who I am and you can either accept me or walk out the door Anyway, guys, I need to cook, clean, and eat. So, yeah, peace out. Love you all lots. And you guys are amazing. I appreciate you all so much. Know you have a special place in my heart. Become a paid subscriber. Listen to me. Help me get cash there, guys. I want to have a good summer, so I need a bigger income. And, guys, I can't wait to have studios and start doing meet and greets. I know this podcast is going places, and I'm going places, because I will revolutionise and change the world in a way unprecedented, because I am not an average girl. I am amazing. Yeah, let's speak positivity. All right, bye, guys.